This portion of the show is brought to you by my good friends out at Timberline Firearms and Training. Head on out there just five minutes north of the Flagstaff Mall. The Jeff Orvid Show starts now. This is the Jeff Orvid Show. All right, welcome everyone. Thanks for listening. Jeff Orvitz here. Happy to be here with you. Mark Howitz here with me today for the duration. How you doing, Mark? Doing great. I think it's the end of Western civilization as we know it. Well, I had you, to pay. What do you define as Western civilization? I mean, the whole yeah. Western Hemisphere or just America <laughs> and Europe? <laughs> from, my, from, my, from my point of view, I'll just say the U.S., but probably Europe, too. I would have to. Parts of Europe. Because Europe, is, have, they've gone socialist. We, they were gone a long time ago. We're the last, we're the last hope they defeated the, the Nazis, you know. They defeated the Nazis, and then they're like, "Oh, that socialism thing—that was great. Let's embrace yeah. it." They did. They did it wrong. Yeah, you know that's always the thing is they they did they socialism didn't do it right. wrong. Yeah. No, but I went out to eat today with my dad. Um, went to you know one of my favorite Chinese restaurants, and I don't blame him for it. But I'm um, you know I'm going to order, and all, all this you know well they always ask you when you order white rice or fried rice, right? Right, and. Mark always gets the white rice. No, I like the fried rice. <laughs> fried rice. I would say everybody gets the fried rice, except for like a few people, right? That maybe have some serious heart concerns or something. Even then, you're like, yeah, I'm still taking the fried <laughs> yeah. rice. And I don't blame him because I know costs have gone up, but it was a dollar extra for fried, for fried rice. rice. Yeah. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, okay, I won't. But a little but, oil, a little salt. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, I'll pay the dollar extra, you know. And the, actually, my dad was buying lunch today, so well, the I funny was, thing. <laughs> You know, when I was in college, I had a Chinese roommate, um, of all things, that was a member of the Communist Party. It was quite the hoot. When he uh, showed up at our dorm, he gave us Chairman Mao stickers and door hangers and stuff. (laughs) But we would always make fried rice. And the best fried rice is the leftover white rice from the day before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Probably what they do. Uh, on the, the restaurants, restaurants, yeah, they're actually saving themselves some money. I know. You should be paying me. Right. <laughs> Take the day <laughs> on this stuff. Yeah. So, no, I, I paid. But here's the thing is, and again, I understand the costs have gone up dramatically, right? Uh, it was it was like 14 bucks for the lunch special. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, okay. But but I know before COVID it was 10 Yeah. And it, and they gave, there was no upcharge for the fried rice. So it was, it was 10 So now for the same thing. It's fifteen, right? I, I'm not super smart, but is that fifty percent? Right? Well, I mean, I'm not like at the at the Federal Reserve calculating, you know, the inflation, yeah, <laughs> and, and and recalculating. But that I think that was a fifty percent increase, if I, my math is right. Well, so I had a customer that I just I just bid something for him, the same work we were going to do six years ago. And he's, <laughs> he says, "Why is the price doubled?" <laughs> six years. I'm ago. like, well. Since six years ago, housing's doubled, <laughs> materials have quadrupled, labor's gone way up, you know. And you don't get fried rice. And you don't get fried rice yeah. for, <laughs> for, for, free. for free anymore. Yeah, so anyway, paid. It was a good meal, but yeah, I, um, I'm hungry already. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but that always happens. So yeah, it's like, so when we went to transitory inflation, we knew it was going to be transitioning to a higher plateau of which prices would then increase only at 2 to 5% per year going forward, if okay. we're lucky. Okay, so. If we're lucky. As you know, I'm, I'm elk hunting this week, except for right now I'm on the radio. But uh, <laughs> Mark's I, actually in the field. He's, he's, there was, <laughs> I've got 70, and for those who know hunting, that, that area is terrible. And so I was like, I'm going to go out to the far east end of 70, see if there's it. And, of course, there's nothing out there. Yeah, they're smart. But I stopped at the, um, the Navajo Travel Center out there by the Twin Arrows, oh, yeah, the yeah. gas station. Yeah, Diesel is like a full dollar cheaper out there. <laughs> it's like three sixty five in town. It's like four sixty five. Oh. Ga- gas was like three fifty. 
I'm like, why is it so cheap? You go 20 minutes out of Flagstaff, middle of nowhere, and it's a dollar cheaper on both. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make It's cheaper in Verde Valley all the time. Yeah. Same. And it's a lot more in Phoenix, though, than Flagstaff. Yeah, Phoenix. Because the additive. is Phoenix is the only one using the additive down there. The, oh, for wintertime? Yeah, what, yeah oh. I talked to somebody one time, an energy guy. They have a, an additive that's, like, special for Phoenix, and they're the only market for it. There is a push for legislation to get rid of that requirement because cars have gotten so much more efficient. Right. You know, they don't pollute as much. So, yeah, they're, yeah. Well, they're not more efficient, but they, don't pollute, they do not pollute as much. Uh, I, you know, I had a Honda Civic 1991, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 40 miles per gallon. Yeah. You can't get a Honda that does that good. Well, yeah, get because gas. it was a lot smaller of a car, and it didn't have all the extra features and bells and whistles. So, yeah. And it was a heck of a lot cheaper, even adjusted for inflation. You can't get that car yep. with the stripped down, the old hoopty, I just need to get from A to B. Nope. It was a good, reliable car. That car probably went 200,000 miles. No, and all the emissions they put on actually reduces your gas miles per gallon. No, oh, great. It helps you pollute less because it's like reburning stuff in the, in the various emissions after the engine. Yeah. yeah. But you need the power in the engine. Yeah, very true. All right, we've got a busy program, a lot of things to get to, uh, including uh, we'll talk crack, tax credit info. I think Mark has some info on that. Yeah, end of year. Um, a new protected class has been born in Tempe. It's always great when we see the new creation. I'm sure it's not the middle-aged white male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah there, there's going to be no one left pretty soon. Everyone's just going to be... Everyone's going to be in a protected class, and if you were to go to stores nowadays with the number of like handicapped spots too, yeah. everyone's handicapped and in a protected class. I mean, who, what are we going to do at that point? I mean, every everybody will be on the same playing field. And then uh, one talk day three of the border closure down at Lukeville. Uh, we also have Brianne Wolcott of the Dewey Humboldt School District. She's a, a super, um, board member down there. Yep. Uh, going to talk parental notification when it comes to the gender stuff. Like you know, the kid goes to the school nurse or something, she's trying to make a system where the parents will get notified at some point before, you know, they like go for surgery or something. Uh, so we'll talk with her about that. Uh, I think you want to break down the DeSantis Newsom debate. We'll hit on that and, uh, and we'll see what else. And hey, another presidential debate debate tonight. The Republicans, the last four are going to be on the stage tonight. <laughs> Great. We'll get ready for that too. And we got some, we got some primary info for you too, for the Arizona primary. We'll give you the details in yes. just a second. All right. If you're conservative and you like your investments to reflect those same principles, you may want to call Glenn least of WT wealth management. Uh, they've, they've got a thing where they're looking at companies, uh, the anti-woke portfolio, the woke mitigation portfolio, I guess you should call it. And they're kind of breaking down, Hey, are they looking at companies and are they more interested in wokeness or profitability? I mean, Disney would be a prime example, right? Uh, Disney went totally woke and they just had to admit, and this is good news because it shows that we are winning a little bit in the culture war, I think, because they had to come out and actually admit Mark that, eh, this ain't really working good. We're losing money. Now, do they change? That's the big question. That's the big I, question. Right? Well, they'll probably just we slow the agenda. That's what they often do. It's we were able to do five steps forward. Now we're just going to have to take a few back. And then most people will be like, okay. Disney's good yeah, again. Disney's good again. Oh, let me, where's, where's my Bud Light? Anyway, Glenn Lease and WT Wealth Management, um, they do a great job there. And, and Glenn wants to talk with you. Look, if you want to have a second set of eyes on your portfolio, put the power back in the hands of uh, of you and, you know, the, the things you want to invest in, why don't you give Glenn Lease a call and uh, have him do a free complimentary, no obligation consultation, 928 225 2474. Glenn Least at WT Wealth Management, 928 225 2474. Okay, um, 
let's let's do this Tempe one. Let's let's start. Let's start there. I mean, there's a lot to cover today, but I'm going to start there. So Tempe, which when I think about liberal cities and liberal city councils, I think usually Flagstaff, Tempe, Tucson. There's others. Phoenix. Phoenix is liberal, but for example, it's, you place a public school university mm-hmm. in a town, automatic liberal. Yes, and all three. Yes. Tempe, Phoenix, Tucson. Got the big universities there. Flagstaff, Tucson, did, Tempe. Did, is that what I said? Well, I don't so know what I said. Yeah. But I'm getting sleepy of, because my I, I you know I had to pay extra for that yeah. fried rice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's what they did. So the Tempe Council, um, they have made it illegal for landlords to reject prospective tenants based on using government. That would be, and when when we say government, that's taxpayer. Because the government doesn't produce anything, folks. They don't produce anything. They just have the ability to take and, in this case, redistribute. Yep. So taxpayers subsidize housing vouchers. A lot of times they control the section. Let me reframe that. Okay, go ahead. So Tempe passed a law yes. that you cannot discriminate against renters who are taking your money to pay you the rent. Yeah, 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 that's, that's fair. The taxpayer's money. I mean. It's coming out of your pocket yeah, and part yes. of it comes back to you. Yes, um, yeah, I, I, if you're a landlord, you're paying property taxes and all this other stuff, yep. and, and then um, they redistribute that. And there's housing vouchers out there. Towns, cities have it. The feds control the Section, uh, eight. Section 8 stuff. Yep. And typically, and I think Phoenix has already enacted this, so watch out, Tucson, Flagstaff, because this is probably coming. Oh, coming. And both of us, in fairness, Mark and I both have rental properties. Yes, and uh, I know some of you have it out there as as well. Uh, they have these subsidized housing vouchers, and there are landlords that say, "Look, I don't want to deal with it because you run the gamut. I don't want to take the financial risk. Yes, the money may be there every month, but there may also be a portion that the tenant's responsible for, and they don't have the resources to cover it. Or the big one for me would be, oftentimes the money will dry up all of a sudden." Mm-hmm. So what happens if you're a landlord, you take or now you're forced to take somebody on a government subsidized tax voucher or um, rental voucher mm-hmm. and 12 months later or five months later, it runs out, whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this was a bad credit risk to begin with. Um, and I didn't want to take these vouchers. Now you're, you're you, a whole new protected class and there are protected classes there. And as far as discrimination in rental housing, some of them obviously do make sense. But like everything, it always goes too far with, with the government and, and the politicians, Mark. In this case, they create another class of people. Yeah, they do. And you know what landlords are going to have to do is just run credit checks because yep. I guarantee you nobody getting government vouchers has a 800 credit score or a 750 credit score. And so then you have to do credit score, and then they, they play the game, and they find a buddy with a good credit score, and they say, help us rent this house. And you go check on the house a year later, and that guy who rented it, yeah, know it is. He's, he's gone, <laughs> yeah. and there's a bunch of people living there. And I, I've had this type of thing happen. I, yeah. I called the, uh, a, a gal that rented my house. I'm like, so I got a complaint from the neighbors that there's parties, and she's like, well, to be honest, I'm not actually living there. I'm like, well, who's <laughs> living there? Somebody's paying the rent every month. <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen too, Mark. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> it's like, what? What? What is going oh, on? They, they sublet it to me. I was like, no, they yeah. didn't do that. Well, well, look, I actually started a few years ago. We got, as we got more into this business, it was quite a few years ago. 
we used to just kind of go with the gut and like, okay, you, you know, you, you got the deposit and blah, blah, blah. And, and, but then yep. it just turned into disaster after disaster. So then we were like, okay, here's our standards for renting as far as minimum credit score. Have you had any evictions within the past, whatever, five years or whatever? Yep. Um, you can, the, the felony criminal records thing. You know, you look at a, a few things. Do you have a job that supports, yes. you know, if you're making $1,000 a month and the rent's 2000 that's a, that's a warning sign right There's there, a red right? flag. There's a red flag. <laughs> credit score, though, is a big one. Is credit score the perfect metric for everything? No, but it's pretty dang good to know as far as uh, you probably couldn't go to a bank and get a loan. You couldn't get a credit card, so they're not going to lend to you. Yep. And that's what you're, you're essentially extending credit to, 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 to do this. So now you've been – so what they're saying is the, the, the people who push this are saying, well, you're just going to run credit checks anyway and all that, so you, you're probably going to – you know, uh, not have people come in in Tempe based on, oh, their credit score was 525. Right. And, you know, they have a bunch of past due and this and that. So they're like, oh, there's going to be loopholes anyway, so whatever. But what's the next step? You can't not rent to somebody based off of they have 15 evictions in, in four years. Right. right? Is that yeah. the next? Oh, that's not fair. Yes, they've been evicted a bunch, but you still got to rent to them. Is that next? It could be. You know, okay, and good. all these towns. Just need to know. Flagstaff, Tempe, they're expensive towns to lose. Yes. And they're dealing with the housing crisis in these towns. Yes. And so this is probably another attempt to, to solve this problem, but it's not solving it's not the problem. Solve it. No. no, it's not going to solve it. It puts the cost on other people because the more government programs you have, the more other people have to pay for that. Because once again, back to what we said a little while ago, the government doesn't create anything. No. They don't create money. Well, let me take that back. They print money. The federal government <laughs> can print money, but you do pay for that. Yes. If they print $9 trillion like they did during COVID, you didn't pay for right at first. But now your lunch special at the Chinese restaurant, instead of it being $10 and you get fried rice, it's now 14 and you got to pay a dollar more for fried rice. It's 50% more. That's, right. That's the tax. Mm-hmm. You're paying the tax. So the, the government will then redistribute and put the cost burden on other people who maybe are in their home, maybe good renters, this and that, and shift that money to people that are less credit worthy, basically. Yeah. The common saying is socialism is great. You run out of other people's money, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but what is the solution? Yeah, I, I racked my brain about this. You've got Flagstaff, incredibly high housing costs. We both got in here early. A lot of people have, but if you're, sure. just, if you're just moving to town, you're a firefighter, you're a nurse, you office manager, whatever, you've got a decent job. Yep. You cannot afford to buy a house here. Yeah. No, you can't. And rental can be hard too, especially if you're single. Yes. And then you're looking at a roommate situation. That's the honest yep. truth. Or uh, if you have a spouse, you're both working. Yeah. So you've got to get creative. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I built my house by renting three of the rooms out when I was a single guy. I was like, all right, you know, I can either pay rent to a landlord or I could build my own house yeah. and be the landlord and rent the bedrooms. And out. it worked. And it worked. And you you're know, not still doing that? No. No, got the house paid off. Yeah, no. Mark, Mark's got the house paid off, and he's still got three people. Well, I do have three people. They don't pay much. Yeah, rent. <laughs> yeah. The, the, it's changed a little bit over the years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I hear you. All right, love your thoughts on this. Yeah, uh, should you be forced to rent to uh, or to accept vouchers from the government? Because this will be spreading to more towns and cities soon. Yep. And before you know it, it'll be like, oh, you just. It was like COVID. I never thought that the government could come in and say, you don't get paid for your work, Jeff, as a landlord. And that's what they did. They said, you can't evict someone. Oh, you could still get paid later. But yeah, I'm still waiting for that check for seven grand for somebody who didn't pay. Right. And we finally got them out. I never thought the government could come in and say, 
you need to provide a service without being compensated. And that's what they did. So anything's possible. So how about this? Rent to anybody, but I get to do pre-rental drug screening, (laughs) mandatory (laughs) drug testing every month. And if you, or for Section 8, the government should do this. I've always said this. For Section 8 housing, if you're on some kind of welfare, it should be mandatory drug testing. If you fail, all your welfare, because there are people who generally need help. Yeah, and the problem that's become is weeding out the people that actually need it, the people that are gaming it. Right. And again, not to harp on all the ADA spots that are now everywhere. Right. Um, the Of course we want ADA spots up front for people that, that need that access. Are disabled. Yes. Are disabled. But it has become so broad that now all of a sudden, you know, I'm parking five miles away. Yeah. And all, or there's a bunch of empty spots too. I see that a lot of times nowadays too. And I'm not picking. Like I said, if you need that access, I'm not bagging on that. If you need some help, I'm not bagging on it. It's just if you give a moose a muffin, we just keep going further and further, yep. and then we get to, to total corruption of the entire system, and that's where we've gotten because everything's expanded so much. All right, love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. I had to replace a roof last year. It was quite expensive. Um, there is an alternative that you can look into, and that's Dave at Fresh Roof of Northern Arizona. Uh, they have a system where they can maybe extend the life by about six months by coating the existing this is for asphalt shingle roofs. Uh, uh, you might be able to save up to 90% of the cost of a new one. Why don't you call Dave right now? Dave is a, a, an experienced home inspector to do a free roof inspection, get you an estimate real quick. 928-301-9404. 928-301-9404. Or go to freshroofofnaz.com. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. You're listening to The Jeff Orbit Show. All right, if you get a rock ship in your windshield, remember to call Diamond Auto Glass first. They will get that rock ship fixed and get you on the road again. Uh, also, if you need a whole new windshield, they do that. Of course, they have the technology to line up those cameras. They've taken very good care of my family for a long time. Diamond Auto Glass on 4th Street in Flagstaff. Here's the number, 928-779-4140. 928-779-4140 or go to thedifferenceisclear.com. Or Cowitz here with me. I think a lot of it stems from these politicians that are just always... Okay, case in point. McCarthy, you know, former Speaker of the House, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this, he's going to resign from Congress. He's decided uh, the end of this year is it for him, so he's gone after he got ousted as, as Speaker. Good. Yeah, that, and that's what I say, too. And um, it's time to go. It's time yeah. to move on. So you Thank think, you like, for your service. Thank you. Yeah, move on. Enjoy your retirement. Here's what I don't like. They all think that without them... The world just stops. You know, they're so important, that that individual. It's like, get over yourself. Everybody's replaceable. Yeah. Everybody's replaceable. And um, McCarthy, so he's here's one of the quotes he said. Uh, I've decided to depart the house at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. I know my work is only getting started. Oh, no. <laughs> That's scary words from a politician. <laughs> no, please stop. 
just we should we don't need any more go just volunteer at the local food ex- bank or something just you're, you're dead on mark so here's what i was thinking if you really want to serve america in new ways and you really want to get started Go do something productive rather than being a politician, <laughs> right? And this guy, here's someone, typical politician, went to the government schools, went to college, uh, got the internship in Washington with the congressman, went back to California, got in the state legislature, worked his way up through the system, then got elected to Congress and you know has been there since his whole adult life, right, in, in politics. Yes. Everything he has done is a derivative of, of politics. So when he says, I'm going to go, my, I know my work is only going to get started, getting started. What as a lobbyist, what as a, some think tank group or some, you know, um, money raising group or something right. or running for some higher office, because what would the world do without McCarthy? Yeah, right. You, you or you any go, of these politicians, exactly. you go work for a, a lobbyist, come, you know, group to lobby, become yeah. a lobbyist. Yeah. Or you go work for a super PAC raising money. Yep. Or helping somebody's campaign. You know, you yep. got, if you've been in politics that long, you have a lot of connections. Oh, man. A lot of people that hate you, but a lot of people that love you. Mm-hmm. And you, everything from finances to, in, you know, not even connected to politics. I mean, you know bankers, you know big money. Yep. Doors There's are so open. Many, yeah. Doors are open. So, yeah, why don't you go do something productive with your life? I mean, why do you want to be around slimy politics their whole life? Haven't you served enough? Go learn how to be a baker. Yeah. And make make local bread. Go learn how to be a plumber. Go well, learn how to repair, you know, big rigs, rigs or something. Become a mechanic. Here's the thing is, what do politicians really need to do all year? I mean, your representatives, whether at the state level, city level, federal level, you need to pass a budget. <laughs> which they don't. Which they don't. And you need to tweak a couple laws. You don't need 500 new laws every year. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Arizona gets something like two to 3,000 laws introduced every year. At least, yeah. If not more. Yeah. A percentage of those, maybe a 1,000, actually get heard. And a percentage of those, you know, a few hundred, three, four hundred, whatever, get through and become law. Yeah, yeah. Do we need 300 new laws a year? <laughs> like, wh- <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I, exactly. But I just say, go do, if you, go do something productive. I don't know about you, Mark, but I've always liked to, I do a lot of things. And I know you're the same way. I, do, I try to do a lot of things and stay sharp on different things, learning different things. And I don't know the guy personally. Maybe maybe he's, you know, in his garage building rocking chairs on the side. I, I can't say I know everybody's intimate details of their life, but my guess is he's just, you know, the political arena is it. It's just like, wouldn't you want something else? Would you really want, you really want to spend this much time in this slimy world? I mean, wouldn't you just want to get in and get out and then, and then move on? I don't uh, get it. I don't Nancy, understand. Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden. Exactly. The list uh, goes Diane on and on. Feinstein died. I mean, yeah, I mean, how many people just like it's so important that they born in office, and born and die in office? office you like, know? Come on, it's, yeah, come on already. All right, but anyway, we'll see you later, <laughs> McCarthy. Bye. Is there some more leaving? To, I think there is that that McHenry guy was. was he said he's going to finish out his term. Okay, see you later, McCoo, McCoo. We'll say that, in, you know, <laughs> in a couple of months. Sorry, but life goes on. We'll we'll survive. But I'm sure we'll hear your name again somewhere. You know, oh, yeah. in some think tank. They never disappear. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. All right. Last year, Mark, you know, I uh, got my blinds replaced from the Blind Brothers. Uh, came in, got out, got rid of those old 90s style blinds. Um, what I really like about them, I love all of our great Northern Arizona and, and Arizona based companies. So I like dealing local in everything that I absolutely can. And that's what we did. We, we called the Blind Brothers. They came in, they laid out a bunch of great options. Uh, we, we got, you know, 
it all figured out and said, okay, these are the ones. Now, then it came back because I mentioned that I heard it on the Jeff Orvitz show, which was a little weird. But, hey, if I'm going to save 50% off installation, I'll say whatever you want me to say at that point. <laughs> I, I'm not going to get a tattoo on my forehead or say, anything. Kevin McCarthy for president? Uh, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, I, I might need a hundred. I might need free blinds, and I'll put Kevin McCarthy, savior of the world. <laughs> anyway, the Blind Brothers did a great job. Why don't you call them up? Mention the show nine two eight six three four twenty four twenty three nine two eight six three four twenty four twenty three, or go to theblindbrothers.com. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. All right, welcome back, Mark Howitt. Here with me. Love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. I saw Taylor Swift was named Times Person of the Year. I'm just so sick of seeing her and everything. I know. Is there a lot of Taylor? Swift? I guess there's a lot of Taylor Swift fans out there. there are, and I, to be honest, I'm not a fan, but she is a super talented girl. Yeah, she is. She is. It's just, I don't know. I just kind of get sick of all that too. You know, when it's like yeah. in your face and every time I go to Fox news, it's like, there's a Taylor Swift article. Yeah. It's like, is there something more important to talk about? Well, good for her. Congratulations on becoming the time. Does time a thing? I know. Is you that still a thing? Time magazine, Newsweek. Life, yeah. Do people, is that still, is that magazines still are almost, I mean, you get, you still get magazines, but most of them are owned by a few big companies, and it's it's not what it used to be. No, it, it's it's not. I, yeah, it is what it is. Times change. Anti anti woke. This Fox Business anti woke beer company teams up with Riley Gaines to launch Real Women of America calendar. And of course, I saw some pictures. They had real women, you know, mostly in swimsuits and things like that. Right. And you know, but so you can like, verify. Pretty well. <laughs> well, that is who the heck knows. I mean, knows? we talked about the bike race yesterday. What was that in Illinois? Yeah, talked in about Illinois, the, uh, the, the top two, two guys. The top two guys who said they were girls and they were clearly guys. This poor girl, she's sitting in the bronze position. Like, she should be in gold. And then the other two that were like in uh, what would be after um, bronze, um, copper and steel. I mean, <laughs> the, the, they're off the podium, right? They right. should. I said they should stand right Make a statement, stand right behind in the positions you're supposed to be in. Yes. Had there not been a dude in the women's uh, races, right? But anyway, so an anti-woke beer company, you know, it's doing like, you know, teaming up with women and they're doing, you know, photo shoots, things like that. How hard is this? I, I know like, like Angelo drinks beer, you know, there's yeah. tons of women that drink beer. But if you put like Riley Gaines is the one on, on, on a beer can, you're probably going to sell a lot of beer. A lot more beer than if you put what was the Mulvaney? Uh, yeah, I mean, just Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah. I mean, guys are pretty simple when it comes to marketing, <laughs> and that <laughs> usually works, right? That is so true. Uh, the whole yeah. restaurant chain with bright orange colors that is just marketed to guys. Yeah, is that still? A, <laughs> you know, one time when I, my, I was going to Florida with my grandparents, and they, they they took me there. So like, what is this? I must have been like, you know, 19, 20 years old. And I was yeah. like, this is this got awkward. I had no idea where we were going. <laughs> <With your grandparents. laughs> Did you hear the um, 
what was that the Harvard, uh, the head of Harvard or whatever, that, president that girl, of president yeah. of Harvard, and she was testifying before a congressional what subcommittee, mm-hmm. and one of the Republicans, like, I, I wish I had her name in front of me, but she did a great job. She she was grilling them about all the anti-Semitism going on. You heard the clips. I did hear the clips. Oh, it was, yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. So the question was, if if students call for the genocide of Jewish people, yeah, does that break? the code of conduct of the school. <laughs> and the president says, well, that depends. It depends. And she basically said, if it doesn't turn into action, no, that they would actually have to commit genocide first, then it would break the school. So you got to kill people. You've got to actually kill then. people. Then it would break the school's code of conduct. Hmm. Meanwhile, they were pointing out, like, the school has, you can't bring your scooter into your dorm room. <laughs> but you can have a big sign saying, kill all the Jews. Yeah, I okay. I guess they live in a different world than you and I do, Mark. I guess if you question any of the um, gender stuff that's going on or question the wokeism in general in, on these universities, you probably break the code of conduct. Yes. But if you threaten to commit genocide against Jews or any group for that matter, then well, you, Jews in particular, the, Jews in particular. But I'm just saying, okay, yeah, maybe I'm. Maybe that I'm, was the question. Was, yeah, okay, you're right. If they had said we're going to do genocide on other groups, maybe they would have. If you said take an issue, but if you said Jews kill was, all the black people, yeah, what would have happened? You would have oh, been, been out of school been out of the, so fast. But they said, yeah, genocide, Jews, whatever they were saying. Yep. The, these student groups uh, calling for antifada, things like that, right? I believe as well. Oh yeah, they, yeah, literally calling for yes. the destruction of all the Jews. So yeah, it was bizarre. It's just like really. And then the 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 the, the, the congresswoman kept saying, "I'm going to give you another chance here." Yeah. The, yes or no. Well, it depends on the circumstances or the individual situation, or it, are they directing it towards an individual? It's like, well, there's a bunch of individuals within that group. Right. Right? That's what a group is. Oh, my gosh. How do these people get to these spots? And there was another university head there, too. I can't remember. I don't want to say which one because I don't remember which one it was. You know, Harvard has really gone to crap. Yeah, 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 they have. It's a school that earned a reputation a long time ago, and they still have high standards. You still have to have a high LSAT score to get in there, that kind of thing. But... The quality of the school has deteriorated rapidly. I mean, it's just yeah. Who? Yeah, but they still have that reputation. And if you graduate Harvard, from Harvard, Harvard. Yeah. you're guaranteed the jobs. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you're turning out quality people. I don't. I question or, if they are at this point. And you pay a fortune. And a law school that isn't turning out quality morals. That's <laughs> that's super questionable. And that used to be their thing. I mean, they've been around a long time. Yes. You know, principles and, all, and, and especially, yeah, the, the big basis was legal. I mean, they do other, they do other stuff, too, stuff too. But uh, yeah, it wasn't just Harvard. It was uh, MIT and Penn as well. Okay, same, yeah. Same yeah. thing. Wouldn't and it's like, and it was these, I think one or two of the heads were women, and they were just like really kind of arrogant. And I yeah. watched some of the clips, and it was just, it's just sad to see that. And it's like, did they live in that kind of bubble where they just – they and I, I guess they do, and I guess that's a problem in America now too. Is we've got the especially coastal bubbles, yep. we've got the big city, liberal city, uh, urban bubbles, and then the rest of us, the other fifty percent. And it's unfortunate that we have most of the ruling classes residing in these in these bubbles, DC yes. especially. Yes. And they're so disconnected. Yeah. They have no idea. That's why I was, you know, when we went to the, uh, I didn't go to the Reagan Ranch. Olivia did. We were over in Santa Barbara, and I'm seeing pictures uh, of the of Reagan, you know, out there with a chainsaw and riding a mower and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> how do we get back to that where somebody at least knows what it takes to cut down a tree or something? Right. Or do something. See, McCarthy, 
you know, he's going to go out and do something totally unproductive to society and think he's doing the greatest thing, you know, since sliced bread. Uh, but at least has he ever cut down a tree? Right. Has he ever, you know, cleaned the trap under a sink? You know, I, I just, he's I agree. And, uh, you know, I'll give McCarthy the benefit of the doubt. Maybe okay. he'll go out and do something great. <laughs> Let's take bets. Maybe but he will. I shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. What the typical like. politician does not. No. Especially at that level. Right. You know, you find out that they're buried in some corporate boards or some boards, and you do the tracing back. It's like, oh, yeah, they were big donors. Oh, yeah. And you sit on a board, and you're pulling in a million a year, and then, but you're on five different boards because, yeah, you must, you're so smart. Right. You know, and you know how to run everything. Well, yeah, right. And corporations are smart. They say, hey, this guy has good connections. Of course. Of course we want him on the board. Yeah, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? He's going to get investors. Yeah, yada, yada. And he knows how to lobby people to get the laws that will benefit our corporation. Yep. Yep. Day three of the boneheaded Biden uh, decision. And I mean, he doesn't know about it, but maybe he's hearing about it now. of shutting down the Lukeville border crossing. That's the one right. that goes down. So I'm just going to keep track of this every day. How long does this last? I when, think it will fade pretty quick because he's getting pressure from even Democrats yeah. are all hitting on him now that this is so stupid that they closed the Lukeville crossing. And now people are pushing out a couple hours away to cross and come both directions at these other crossings, making them congested mm-hmm. and causing staffing problems there just send more people down there yeah. how hard is this it's uh, do we have a national guard we do they'll and be happy to work down there i'm sure i don't know if they'll be happy but uh, it's part of the job description yeah yeah coast guard it's, it's, <laughs> we send a coast guard to the <laughs> desert but <laughs> <laughs> the, border the border guard <laughs> it is ridiculous it's it's almost unbearable. It's and we say Biden <laughs> Biden doesn't know what's going on. No, the guy doesn't. has dementia. Yeah. When we say Biden, we mean his administration, the people that are actually pulling the strings, running the puppet show. It's just ridiculous what they're doing. It is. It's sad. All right, Mark, I want to hear about your elk hunt here in just a second. We'll talk about that. Uh, plus, if you got comments, I'd love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Let's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Um I want to remind you about Kelly Broadus and the great job that Kelly does with the Broadus Properties Group brokered by EXP. Uh, she turns challenging situations into five-star solutions time and time again. Like Anthony and Connie, they wanted to build their dream home, and while waiting for its completion, they purchased the home in Pine Canyon. Uh, once their new home was ready, of course, they had to sell that other home, and good for them. Sounds like they're doing great. In just six days, sold it. Nice. Six days, uh, full full asking price. No stress, no hassle. Probably to a Californian because the real estate's so much there. They're just coming over and just like, yeah, I'll just, just Two million, like find that's a cheap. Snickers bar here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kelly does a great job. And um, we're going to do a big year end wrap up with her soon and um, look back at 23, head to 24, what she sees coming with the real estate market. Why don't you give Kelly a call? Here's her number 888 446 5602. 888-446-5602 or go online, northernarizonafinehomes.com. You can get instant valuation for your home as well. You don't even have to talk to an agent. It's a really cool tool that she has there. Again, that's northernarizonafinehomes.com. Back in a minute. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that.
You're listening to The Jeff Orovitz Show. Before you have all the company over for Christmas and the holidays coming up, maybe a New Year's party, uh, call Zero Res of Northern Arizona. Good time to call them. And when I was talking to Kristen over there, surprisingly, there's like a season for carpet cleaning. I don't understand that. Like December gets slower for some reason. I don't know. So it's a good time to book an appointment because you got maybe in-laws coming over. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You got guests carp- coming over? Yeah, and the carpet's dirty. Ugh. And then they're, they're talking about No, no, no. It's when the in-laws leave, you need to clean the carpet. I'd say do both. Both? Okay. Call Zero Res of Northern Arizona to get it cleaned first because you don't want that traveling around the family that, oh, Mark had a spot on his carpet. Oh, what's <laughs> going on over at Mark's house? Or the tile. You can clean the tile, the... Uh, you know, the tile the surface, but then the grout joints. That's a yeah. big one. Most people don't actually have black grout joints. <laughs> that's a feature of the grime that's, uh, you know, gotten on there over the years. So they'll take care of all that for you. Uh, three rooms of carpet starting at 138 uh, The deep, clean tile and grout starting at $69 a room. Call Zero Res of Northern Arizona right now at 928-378-8888. 928-378-8888. Three seven eight 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 eight, or go to zero res northern arizona dot com. And Mark Howitz here with me. We've got uh, next hour. We've got Brianne Wolcott. She's a board member at the Dewey Humboldt uh, School District. Going to talk about parental notification when it comes to all the gender stuff. So I look forward to that. Uh, plus, maybe we'll get into Biden's charging stations. Where'd the money go? Where's my charging station? <laughs> um, what's going on? So you out hunting? You got, I, I don't see any, uh, you got any elk steaks for me yet? Okay. So this is the first year I actually got an elk tag. Yeah. Nice. I'm out in Unit 70. And- Where's that? Describe that. 7A. So 7E. E, 7, sorry, 7E. As in Edward, east, as in east. Okay. 7 east. It's north of the peaks between 89 and 180. Okay. And then a little bit out east towards like past Winona out that way. Okay. And uh, wow, there's so few elk, and it's actually got a reputation <laughs> on the internet for being really bad. <laughs> of course you got drawn there. Of course I got drawn there. Because nobody so, else put in there. <laughs> so, no, actually a whole Did bunch you see of, a lot of hunters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't my first pick, yeah. and I, I regret even putting it on there because I Hey, you got to drive around in well, the forest. Well, here's what happens is, you know, elk is based on a lottery system, and you work on bonus points, and as you accrue points, you get a better chance of yeah. getting chosen. Well, I just burned up points I accrued. For a, a bad section. For a bad section. Yeah. Basically, it's, it's turned into a new government tax. Right? <laughs> it's a way to get rid of people's bonus points, charge them for the hunt because you pay for the tag. Yeah, what's the tag? Uh, you know, I forgot already. Yeah, it's yeah. been they, It charged my credit card automatically okay. a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so it's like a new tax, and it, this is happening with a lot of things. You know, people are familiar with the wave, um, that beautiful place people love to go photograph. Wait, 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 wait. Up in, what's that? The wave? The wave. It's up by- Fix the uh, wave. It's the, it's, it's this rock formation. Oh, up in like, like, uh, up, up at Lake Powell? Up, yeah, up towards Canab, up that yeah, way. Yeah, okay. Is this in the water? No, no, no. No, no, the wave, okay. It just looks like a wave of sandstorm. How have I not, see, how have I not heard of that? I've been up there yeah, multiple times. It's up by times. Wire Pass and all that. Okay, all right. Buttes. Um, okay, sorry. So you pay $5 for a lottery every month to try to get permission to go there. Huh. And you almost never get drawn. You know, you pay $5, yeah. pay $5, pay $5. They don't give you your money back if you... No. Wow. Yeah, Who, no. Is that the feds? Yeah. 
So it's it's all these new taxes, <laughs> like for these things that you put in lottery yeah. to go hunt, to go enjoy the outdoors. You're paying. It's you're literally paying. It's your national forest, Mark. It's a new tax. It's your national forest. You yeah. know, you just can only use this part of it with certain permissions and certain fees. And oh, can't go there. There's erosion risk or rare vegetation. It looks like a weed to me. And someone's going to argue, well, they're trying to keep it from being overcrowded. Fine. Mm, okay. but you don't need to charge all the people that never go $5. Yeah, it's just like have a lottery system. It's like, hey, I, I get really frustrated because you, you've been in a lot of other countries. I've been in a lot of other countries. Most other, a lot of other countries. You're like a resident of that country. You just get to go to the parks. Let's call it for free. But the reality is you pay taxes. Right. So I, I got to wonder about all that. You know, it's like, hey, we've got these national parks and I got, and you want me to pay more? <laughs> I mean, I guess some people say, well, that's for the upkeep and stuff. But it's like, okay, let's not upkeep something in Ukraine for a while. Right. You know, maybe we do something here in America and not gouge everybody and charge Mark five bucks, you know, to go yeah. see the wave that I never If heard. I actually got to the, go see the wave for five bucks, fine. Yeah. But Okay. Yeah, but you keep putting into the system. Right. You know, I'm buying a, lottery tickets. Yeah, it's probably for the parking lot attendance retirement fund. <laughs> it's, just, it's a new government tax. Yeah. Well, most places, what also frustrates me about it, and I get it because these parks have gotten so crowded. Yep. So they've gone to permitting systems like uh, Glacier National Park. If you want to drive up to the top, which we couldn't because there's still snow up there when we were up there in like June. Right. Um, you have to get a... Uh, permit to go in to do that to get in right right but they offer them like at midnight and they're all gone and i suspect what's happening because maybe it's 10 bucks or something right? right is a lot of people are just buying them saying maybe i'll be there and whatever it's 10 bucks so then when you're actually there there's not any available for all the people that didn't show right and it's it's so that's happening all over the place you want to go see um what's that alcatraz right in san francisco we went there one time. I was like, yeah, okay, can I get a ticket? Oh, uh, yeah, that takes about three months in advance. I was like, what? Who plans <laughs> to be think. here at this time <laughs> no. to go to I, – I, I don't – maybe people do that, but I'm just not that much of a planner where I'm on a trip and every second's planned out. I may be delayed by days. Yep. You know, I may have found out about the wave or something. Yeah, yeah it's, it's too bad. It's, it's a little irritating. It, yeah. It's happening because there is okay. – during the pandemic of the Wuhan virus, everybody got outdoors. They were working from home. Yeah. And you're trying to control how many people go into the parks, but, yeah. you know. But then it never goes away. Show me a government program that ever goes away. That's the problem. Never goes away. You know? Yeah. That's a big problem. So bottom line, you didn't get an elk yet. Yep. What is there? One, one more day. One more day. Last day. Possible. It's possible. But. Well, even if I just saw one, that would be encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a big uh, buck out my window. Well, you know, you know uh, I did just see yesterday. It. So we went out hunting, and uh, I think it was Sunday or I forget what day it was. Coming back into town, it was a classic. We hadn't seen an elk all day, and the yeah. elk runs across the highway <laughs> by the mall. Mark's like gunning it. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I will pay for this deductible. <laughs> oh, well. So Mark blames the government for his lack of elk. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, more to come. Like I said, we've got uh, Brianne Wilcock going to talk some school issues. Plus, we'll get into the charging stations that aren't developing, but you're getting charged for. Hang tight. Back in just a few minutes. This portion of the show is brought to you by Zero Res of Northern Arizona. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. 
All right, welcome back. Another hour of the show. Mark Howitz still here with me, contemplating. Just contemplating. Just, <laughs> just trying to figure out where the elk are, things like that. You, you know, we were talking during the break about uh, the border. Because, you know, it's day three of the border being shut down at Lukeville. Yes. And you were saying, hey, I'm a little concerned about sometimes it's like, you can close it and I can't get out. Okay, this is a two-way street, right? Yeah, for those of us who are alive long enough to remember the Berlin Wall. Yeah. You know, the, the communists were trying to keep everybody in yeah. with their wall. And yeah. so, it, you know, the government turns on you and you're, you want to get <laughs> yeah. out. You're stuck. I got to go to cartel run Sonora. That's my last hope. Oh, man. I'll tell you. I wonder if they're as inefficient on the exit strategy as they are on the entrance strategy. Because, you know, you come in and it's like, Oh, we don't know how to seal this border up, but then you try to go through that same hole. <laughs> Good luck with all that. All right, we'd love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. That's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Let's see. It is Wednesday, which means it's Wing Wednesday at Sportsman's Bar and Grill. Us voted best sports bar Flagstaff many, many years in a row. All the TVs for your sports action. Half price wings on Wing Wednesday. I don't know how he's still doing that. That's incredible. I I, I don't know. How, yeah. I, and they're great wings. They've got, it's just awesome wings. And he's still doing half price wings for, folk, for folks. Plus great drink specials, great daily specials. Tomorrow's the sliders. He wants to make sure that you, you get a great meal and that you're not having to dip into the kid's college fund. I mean, you're going to send them to Harvard. <laughs> I don't have a college fund. I have a college application fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can pay for that for the just to apply for college. That's what we're saving up for. I just tell my kids that you know, learn how to shovel, <laughs> learn how to carry heavy Do things, practical, yeah, yeah. Some, stuff like that. Anyway, go to Sportsman's Bar and Grill, just north of downtown Flagstaff, right there in the Bashes Shopping Center. All right, joining us from the Dewey Humboldt School, uh, she's on the board there. Um, Bri- Brianne Wolcott is with us. Brianne, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. So. Describe, I guess, the school district down there. Is it is it a super huge one, or you know, what, what do you? How many kids you guys got in the school district? Uh, just over five thousand oh. kids. Um, it's yeah, it's ten schools. We have one online school, uh, one big high school. Uh, I would say it's a fairly large district yeah, compared is. to some of the other ones that are you know considered rural in the area. So it's Dewey, Humboldt, Prescott Valley that. That whole area. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's that's a big school. Really that's a, yeah, it's a that's a big school district. And are you like a lot of people that got on school boards? Because you got on was it twenty two? I got elected in twenty two. Okay. Yes. And that is right in the midst of COVID hysterics. I would say as the tail end, are you like kind of my family and so many families out there that were watching the kids maybe doing school online or watching all this stuff hit, especially 2020 and all the insanity. And you're like, I got to get involved. I mean, I guess tell us your story, how you got into this. That, I mean, what you just described is exactly <laughs> it. So it COVID shut it down. Um, I have, I have three children and at the time, my son was in sixth grade. So, you know, that's a pivotal age. And I'm watching him, you know, struggle to go through the online process. And then when they finally went back to school, they're wearing masks. And I'm just, I was never, ever um, a fan of the masks. And yeah. then, um, you know, they, they put the mask on the kids. And then they made the decision to lift that mandate. 
And then, you know, there was a spike in the numbers and suddenly they wanted to do the math again. And that's when I was, I, I said, I've got to do something. So I went to that board meeting. Um, the board wasn't receptive at all to the parents and, you know, they still wanted to put the math on the kids. And that's when I, you know, made the decision that I had to put my name in the hat for this seat coming up in, in 2022. Love it. Um, so I did that and it was, uh, received well by the community, luckily, and another gal and I got um, got two conservative seats, which we're very proud of, and we're we're doing our best to make a make a difference for the school. You know, not just politically. That's that's not the focus. Just doing the right thing for the kids. For the kids, and you got kids in the district. You said I do. I yeah. have three children. Two of them are in the district, and and one of my my children is not in the district. Yeah, it does always floor me a bit with the, and I think school boards is one of the most important positions out there. Everybody knows who their senator is. Um, I think everybody knows <laughs> who the who the president <laughs> is, even if he doesn't. Um, and you know, people know generally those high up offices, but you know, they may know their mayor. They probably don't know their council members. They definitely don't know their school board members, and it's it's pretty sad. Um, I, I know people are busy, but man. That would be one of the most important ones out there. Yeah, I think the same thing, Jay. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you stepped up. And you know what, Brian? Uh, the reality is a lot of moms stepped up during COVID. A lot of, shall I say, moms got activated. I mean, you know, moms have always been very active in, in schools and everything. But I I just, I may, maybe you have a different viewpoint, but I mean, you, you're an example of that. But I think a lot of moms got into this who maybe never thought they would. A hundred percent. You know, I, I work full time and I do have three children. So that's two jobs. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know if people know this, but being on the school board, it's an unpaid position and it's another job. So it wasn't something, you know, I was excited about, but like you just described, I was one of those parents. I didn't know who the school board members were. I just blindly trusted that people were doing, you know, things in the best interest of my children. And that was a foolish thing to do. And COVID really lifted the veil on that. And it, it made me look deeper into things and, and truly get involved, not just on the surface, you know, let's do homework together at the dinner table. I, I wanted to truly, you know, get down deep into the weeds on yeah. this thing. Good. Um, and that's, that's what I've done. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. My wake up was COVID and it was like, what is this DEI thing? Wait, 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 wait. What's mm-hmm. this letter you just sent home? This is like 2021 <laughs> you know? or so. And I was like, ooh, I think we got a problem here. So, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Brianne Wolcott's with us. Uh, she she got on the board there at the Dewey Humboldt School District. Uh, and she's actually working on some things when it comes to parental notification. And this one caught my eye a while back. I think you've been working on this for, for quite a while, Brianne. But what is, I mean, this has to do with the gender stuff or is it more a bigger catch all than that to talk about what you got going on? Yeah. Well, thank you for paying attention to it. It's, this is like my heart and soul on the board. Um, I'm so passionate about getting this uh, passed. So the, the policy contains more than just the the gender dysphoria. Um, There's some stuff about bullying and some stuff about suicide that's in there, but the, the crux of the policy is um, geared towards that gender dysphoria. So um, I think we've all kind of noticed a a cultural shift and, um, you know, not to inject my personal opinions here, but what I believe is a dangerous trend of children um, thinking they identify as genders that they they weren't born as. Um, And I I think 
Uh, across the nation, we've seen some instances where people are, um, and when I say people, I mean schools, they're, they're concealing that from the parents. And that's dangerous. It's dangerous. And so I want to implement a policy that mandates um, any staff or teacher, anybody in the school who a child, and this isn't um, necessarily geared towards LGBT, all of the other um, letters assigned to the acronym. This is just for the, the, you know, wanting to identify as a different sex. Okay. Um, so if, it, if, if a child is saying, you know, I think I'm gay, that that's not in the policy. Okay. This is if the child goes to a teacher and says, I think I'm a boy and that's a girl that needs to be disclosed to parents. Okay. And it's not now. And what are critics saying? I mean, okay. Somebody goes and says, let's say, cause I, I, I know it happens both ways, male, female, but it seems like a mm-hmm. lot of this happens even more on the male side. And we were just talking about some bike races here earlier in the show about the two guys that were sitting up there and the girls in bronze position should have been in gold position. They entered the female bike race, right? But anyway, guy guy comes to a counselor or a teacher and says, I'm, I think I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm a girl. I'm going to start popping the hormones or whatever, drugs, maybe even do something surgically. You're saying that should trigger some kind of notification to the, the parents. Absolutely. Okay. And, you know, this notion that parental notification is somehow a novel idea is absurd. I mean, parents have been notified about mental illness or, you know, any, if, if there's a suicide, you know, attempt or talk about suicide, all of those things have always been um, disclosed to parents. But for some reason, this one is met with a little bit of pushback, which I don't personally understand. Um, I would say overall, the community has been receptive to it. But there are those people that, you know, accuse this as being an attack on the LGBT community. And I, I just I truly don't understand that this is for the safety of all of our students. Yeah, you know, I've got to wonder if the pushback is coming from parents who actually have students or if it's just coming from groups, groups, random members of the society, you know, because as a parent, I want to know everything that's going on. I want to know their grades. I want to know their behavior. I want to know if they're having mental issues, suicide issues. Yeah. You're in my house. This is a dictatorship. Yes. (laughs) You know, yeah. I mean, I want to know all that stuff. (laughs) And you should know all that stuff, you know, and I've seen uh, the parents, I think, who are giving the most pushback are parents of LGBT um, students. And I, I think it's truly unfair and they're doing a disservice to their community by blocking this. I mean, they're trying to serve as a roadblock. It's like they've already had that discussion with their children, but they want to deprive others from having the opportunity to have the same discussion with their own children. So well, here, it's truly a perplexing idea to yeah. people. So on my, I don't understand this because it's not like you're making it public. You're not putting the child's problem in the newspaper. You're not putting it yeah, the announcements on in the morning. Media. Yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're just telling their parent, right? I mean, you're, this is a very private thing. Exactly. The, the, you're telling Mark and, and Brian, you're, t- you're telling the adults. And quite frankly, I mean, they're, they're under 18. They're not, they're not allowed to smoke. Right. They're not allowed to go buy a beer. They're not going to Las Vegas and, you know, putting the money on the line. You have to be over 21 for that or 21 for all that. I don't understand how it's like, but people can decide their gender, you know, at 12. Yeah. What is that? It makes no sense. 
<laughs> what is that? I, I, I just don't, I, I guess I'm living in a different world, but yeah, you see, okay. What's the, is there a lot of pushback or do you think that you're going to get this through? Do you have, what are you a five member board or seven? Uh, it's a five member board and you know, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know, but I will, I will tell, you know, you and my community that I'm not going to give up. So if it's not passed the first time, there's an election coming up and we'll try again. This isn't something that I'm just going to walk away from or give up on. Um, I hope that everyone agrees that this is beneficial. And, you know, this this speaks to parental rights. I mean, these are, these children don't belong to the establishment. They belong to the parents. And I'm not going to stop fighting for that. So. Yeah, good, um, good. I, I don't know. We'll see how it, how it plays out. Yeah, and you may need another member. I mean, it sometimes this takes time to switch a board and uh, not to paint everything with one brushstroke here, but a lot of school boards have tended to be uh, more leftist leaning, more liberal leaning. It's just it's just the way it is because I think it's a forgotten about position by by a lot of folks. And it what 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 disgusts me a lot of times is there's a lot of members of school boards around the country who also don't even have any skin in the games. So they don't have any kids or grandkids in these in these uh, school districts. That to me is frustrating. I think we should have actual you know people with vested interests in, in this. You bet. I agree with that. So all right, Brian. Hey, we appreciate you working on this, and uh, maybe keep us up to date as to, as to how it's I, going. I sure will. Yeah. Thank you for, for talking with me. Absolutely. Right? I enjoyed it very much. We'll talk with you again soon. I'd love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Send in your comments. Um, I, I, so many moms stood up after yeah. COVID, Mark. Yeah, they did. You know, it's, you know, and, and I think it's, they, they kind of activated a whole, you know, a lot of people that maybe weren't active in the past in, in politics. Let's call it what it is. It is politics, even if it's on the school board level. Yeah, one thing I noticed when I was at the legislature, because I worked down there on staff, and, um, you know, you have 90 legislators in Arizona. Yeah. And we, we got to saying it's either independently wealthy men or housewives that are yeah. there. And the reason being, it doesn't pay much. It's like 24000 a year. And it still is. Basically a full-time job. And you, the average working guy does not have time to go down and do that. You have to have lots of time on your hands to do this thing. Retired or assets and yeah. worth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And say it's the same thing with school boards. You know, I don't have time. You don't have time. Um, your average guy, your average middle class guy doesn't have time to go sit on a school board. He's doing the nine to five. <laughs> your, your, your mom that's working definitely. Don't. I mean, like Brian right, was, yeah. she's saying she's full time. And she's volunteering. Three kids and doing the school board. Way overworked. Woo. We should send her some coffee or something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> something like that alright love to hear from you. these are important positions that I hope more and more people run and get involved with instead of the activists just the straight up hey I yep. just want to socially change I don't care you know not my kid in that school well you know we have to have all these rules these new rules because common sense has gone out the window yeah. you know as a parent I want to know if your kid's you know becoming a lesbian becoming gay transgender I want to know who they're dating. You know, I want to be involved in my kids' lives. Yeah, yeah. You want to be involved in that facet of the right. Yeah, yeah. And and then you talk to them, not some counselor, right? And you have that conversation with them. Oh, I'm thinking about this, or oh, you know, I'm thinking taking responsible parenting and enabling responsible parenting. Yeah, that's that's true. Not delegating it, ever delegating it to the state. Oh, for sure. Not. Don't ever do that. All right. Love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Uh, Ar- Angela and I saved a great deal of money by switching policies over to Eric Boatner, Allstate Agency. Eric and Lisa have done a fabulous job for us and uh, great customer service. 
uh, we started switching over a couple of years ago. I've told you about this and we wanted to make sure they're doing a good job for us before I say, Hey, call up Eric and, and Lisa Boatner. Um, and they've done a great job, saved money, uh, homeowners policy, auto policy. While I don't have a motorcycle policy, you may RV policy. I have my camper, but I think when it's attached, it's covered. I better call. That's right. I better but call. don't trust us for advice. Yeah, don't trust us. I better call them and make sure of that. Off-road vehicles, I do have to have insurance for that. Um, I don't have a boat. If I did, <laughs> torch it. <laughs> Those things get really expensive. Well, you know, as a contractor, I insure my trailer yeah. on one policy and then another policy for the contents of the trailer. Oh, man. So if somebody steals the whole thing yeah. or if somebody takes the contents. Takes the contents. Yeah, yeah. A business owner's policy life insurance. Call Eric Boatner, Allstate Agency, 928-774-8722. 928-774-8722. Back in a minute. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. You're listening to The Jeff Orbit Show. I've got Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loan scheduled for next week to do a big wrap-up on what's happened this past year and maybe looking ahead to uh, interest rates. And Well, she doesn't have a crystal ball. She doesn't know what's going to happen with interest rates, but they've gone up a bunch. Um, one challenge that Kim was pointing out to me recently was a lot of people with credit card debt that's gone to the exorbitant from the exorbitant amount of like 20%, now they're like 30%. And it's just like, it's, it's crazy. And maybe you've, you're in that position, I feel for you, and maybe you've owned your home for a while, though, and you've got a, a loan on that, but you've got equity that's built up. It, it may be a good idea to call Kim. Look, I'm not your financial advisor, but 8% is much lower than 30%, I think, would, would be um, a fair assessment. Why don't you talk to Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loans about maybe getting that all cobbled together into one loan um, through a refinance. Mention the Jeff Orvitt Show and get $250 off the lender's fee at closing. Plus, if you're just if you're purchasing a new home, maybe you're new to the real estate market altogether, uh, she's got a lot of great programs out there that she can find for you. Refinances, second homes, off-grid properties. Uh, call Kim Dawson, 928-310. 6458 928 310 6458 or go to Nova Home Loans.com slash Kim Dawson. Kim Dawson, NMLS see that there was a shooting today at UNLV in Las Vegas. I don't know if you caught that oh. with multiple casualties. Um, apparently, they caught the guy dead, which is usually the case on these. Uh, it was just in Las Vegas. I don't know if you listened to the show here this week yet, Mark. Shame on you. You didn't, did oh, you? Out, out. I caught part of the show. You can stream that no matter if you're in, what is it, 7 E? 7 East. Yep. 7 East. They, they have... They have Wi-Fi out there or cell <laughs> towers, right? That's probably why you didn't you didn't see any elk. You're too busy listening. That's right. To other programs, no. But they they had a shooting out there. Um, just I was just there in Vegas. That town's crazy. I mean, it's just yeah. It it, it is just wackadoodle um, all around. But yeah, it's too bad that these things are happening on on the universities. Of course, there'll be the gun control cries and all that, and mm-hmm. you know the the the, the 
basically paint the regular folks who are buying firearms and stuff as the bad guys. And, oh, we're going to put more laws in effect that's going to help us. And I don't see you got laws not to cross our border illegally, yet they're filing through in record numbers. I mean, they keep putting these on the books. doesn't make a, a difference. Okay, so recently DeSantis is running for president. Yeah, heard of him. Um, <laughs> debated with Gavin Newsom. Oh, yeah. Governor yeah. of California. Did you watch that? I did watch a good chunk of it. Yeah, probably in yeah. 7 East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was bored out of my mind. Yeah. The um, topic came up of crime in their two states, and Hannity was the moderator. Yep. And so he was asking questions that were obviously favoring DeSantis. Did you see it that way? Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. It was, there was no doubt about yeah. it. And the question came up of who has more uh, violent crime and crime, and the answer was California. But then Newsom broke out the fact that California, you know, deaths per whatever was six by murder, you know. Okay. Per whatever, yeah. yeah. And in, in uh, Florida, it was nine. Mm. So 150% higher in Florida. And I was like, none of these questions are helping us really understand the picture. You need to look at what was the rate when the governor came into office? Good point. And then eight years later, has it gone down or has it gone up? And that, that never got answered. And yeah. I, you know, you need that, those kind of good questions. And all these debates are always rigged by whoever the moderator is. Whether it's MSNBC or... Their personal biases. Yes. And I, yeah. Look, I, I'm not a fan of Newsom at all. I didn't know. I did not watch that. I haven't watched any of these debates, honestly. But at least he did go on there going on with someone who he knows is more conservative-leaning, I guess, and would favor DeSantis. So my gripe has been for a long time... How long have I been doing this show? Seven years? Are we entering our eighth year? I can't, can't even remember. Been a long time. It's been a long time. And um, my gripe has always been the left fails to engage time and time again. Yes. They, they know who I am. They know what I'm going to ask, what I stand for and things like that. But they also know that I don't have people on and blindside them and, you know, call them jerks and this and that. Just going to ask um, some questions. Yeah, just going to ask them questions, joke around a little bit, and that's what it is. Yep. So I will give him that. At least he went on it knowing, because that's been our complaint for a long time is these people won't engage. Well, he's trying to set himself up, as much as anybody can tell, to run for president, not yeah. this time around. Maybe uh, this time. Unless something <laughs> happens to Biden. Yeah. I mean, the Democrats are fully happy to reelect Biden with full dementia. You know, oh, yeah. put him on life support if need be. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. He could be dead. And, and this has happened in the past. You know, politicians have gotten elected after they've died. Oh, and, really? Which is, yeah. Because they got on the ballot and their party, yeah, the they're people still in the there. party still vote for him even though they're dead. I thought that happened in Page last election with some position, maybe a school board or something. Oh, it happens all over the country. And yeah, the guy, and, and it's like, yeah, it's, People, so, but people, what I found interesting was he had died long before even the election has started. Like the ballots had been printed up. So that takes several weeks before yep. and be, people knew there was press releases, news reports, blah, 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 that the guy had passed away and they still, that's how disconnected we are as voters. <laughs> it's like the guy's been dead for six weeks and you still voted for him. Right. Cause you know, people are going to vote for their party. Most yeah, yeah. You know, 80% yeah. of Americans are going to vote for the party. You could have somebody <laughs> that's on full life support and they'd still vote for that party person. Yeah. Pretty sad. But Newsom's trying to set himself up. DeSantis is obviously running this time. You know, I will gladly take DeSantis over any Democrat. Oh, and hands I, down. I think I would even take him over at Trump at this point. Yeah. But, so you were voting. In, let's talk about when we come back. Let's talk about the upcoming Arizona presidential primary. That's, yeah, that's what I, want I got to get a question. To. Yeah. Let's get to that when we come back, because I got some questions for you on that. And it says to who can vote in this and when it's coming. Um, hey, if you get a rock ship in your windshield, 
Call Diamond Auto Glass first at 928-779-4140. They'll take care of you. Even I don't know about the elk strike, though, if the, um, the, the, the rack goes through. Uh, your yeah, windshield. Then the way, you're getting a whole new windshield. Elk strikes are the worst. <laughs> you pretty much totaled your car. Yeah, elk strikes. Deer, you know, depends on the size. You might be okay. But anyway, they'll, they'll take care of that. If you need a new windshield, um, you get a rock ship. They'll fill that. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes. Call them up. And get this taken care of before it spreads to the rest of your windshield. 928-779-4140. 928-779-4140. Go to thedifferenceisclear.com. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. Welcome back, Mark Howitz. Here with me, I got this uh, new fancy chair in the studio. It's it's pretty classy, right? You like this? It is pretty snazzy. Uh, yeah, and Mark's got the cost no, Sam's Club special that I've had for years in here. I think those are pretty comfortable. I think I'm going to be switching back. I'm like, I'm like sweating here. Okay. If you can imagine I'm a chair. Sweating on this thing. The thing I'm sitting in is, you know, you imagine a convention center with 10,000 chairs in it. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm sitting in. Bleachers. Jeff's got this luxury. Uh... It, le- it leans way back. I'm like laying down. I could, it's actually, it's a little more comfortable that way. So. I was telling him he needs those, uh, those beads that the taxi cab drivers from the <laughs> Middle East in New York uh, drive around. That's so stereotypical. How, yeah. how dare you? You know, I had a taxi um, cab. So I got to tell my little taxi cab story. Know. So Am I going to have York. to censor this? I'm in New York, and I'm catching the cab from, I think it was from the airport to my brother's house or something. And um, <laughs> the taxi cab driver, uh, you know, he's from, you know, Pakistan or wherever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, doesn't speak good English. And, um, you know, the taxi cab is what it is. a little bit dirty. It's a New York taxi cab. And yeah. he gets me to where I'm going. And they've got a little screen on the back, the tip screen, you know. Oh, no, like, yeah. And so I tip him. And he sees what the tip amount, he's like, and he turns to me and goes, is that all you're going to tip? Should you tip a little higher? <laughs> cheap yeah it's new york city yeah yeah well when i was in vegas i i didn't tip the waitress i never i rarely do that but i gave it to the 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 water and bus boy and the guy who brought all the food because she was just awful so on my way out i'm walking by him and say here you go thanks buddy (laughs) you know so he had a a good night i guess hopefully he didn't give it to her (laughs) i see i've been seeing some really funny memes and skits about uh you know, the tip screen where people just have one on their phone and like you do do somebody a favor and they're like, hold their phone out. Please yeah. tip me. I'm like, what is this? Is get, Well, New York is very well known for tipping everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Everywhere. The or, UPS driver gets a tip. The garbage guy gets a Everybody gets a tip. Yep. I guess it's spreading. You know, now I got to pay an extra buck if you're listening last hour to get fried rice at the Chinese restaurant, which is, <laughs> I always had a choice between white and fried rice. There's no upcharge, but whatever. And now it's like somebody does anything for you and it's like barely anything. Yeah. And it's like tip, 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 tip. No, you didn't. You're just doing your job. Well, the funniest thing is the counter order tip. Like 
Yeah. You're ordering at the counter and you and take got, your own food to I, yeah. your table and you take it to the trash can. Yeah. You even want me to, who's going to tip me? I'm throwing out my own trash and you Seriously. just, and your price is 50% higher than it was four years ago. What is that? <laughs> Tipping things out of control. Hey, but, yeah, um, yeah. All right. Hey, um, a way to save some money would be just wireless. Stop on by right there on Milton Avenue as you're coming into Flagstaff off I-17. Just wireless can get you a great refurbished phone. New to you. Good for the environment. Good for your, your wallet so you can tip more frequently, I guess. Maybe they'll, t- they'll probably take a tip. Everybody will take a tip. Yeah. I'll take a tip. Here's the address. <laughs> Just Wireless does a great job of also repairing existing smartphones. Your battery, it's a big one. Getting that thing changed out. It's just, mine's showing, I got to take it in. Actually, I think this is hopeless, this phone. It's no, showing that. They're going like, to put that in their case of displays of like old antique <laughs> phones. <laughs> this is good. Jeff, Jeff has like iPhone 2 or whatever that. Well, the new ones are so big, I'm going to have to get a backpack for the thing. It's like a, a one of those brick phones from the 80s. I don't know if uh, Just Wireless has the brick phones too, but no, they have tons of great refurbished phones, accessories, all that stuff. Great, Good gift idea, by the way. Have some, give them a gift card. Go and get a gift card and have them come in, pick oh, out yeah. their own phone. Just wireless right there on, on Milton Avenue. Uh, let's see here. Let's do, um, oh, the, the multi-billion dollar of EV charging ports that Biden has not done yet. Uh, so they had this multi-billion dollar plan to get a bunch of charging ports put up, 500,000 EV chargers, you know, sprinkled around the country. And from what I'm reading, and I think you sent me the article, zero, has well, so been put up so far. Here's the problem with EVs: is oh, Cal- here we go. California has lots of charging stations. Oh, everywhere, right? You get into Middle America. Good luck charging. Yeah. So yeah, you know the president or the president. When we say the president again, it's not him doing the, this. It's some the puppet pulling person. Person wants to put EV cars everywhere. Yeah, and they realize, oh, we got to have EV chargers everywhere. So you've got a half million EV chargers that they're supposed to put in, and they've yet to put in a single one. Yeah. This yeah. is from Fox News. It's probably a good thing because it's going to be a boon. It's going to be like Solyndra yeah. all over again when they do this. Well, look, Mark, if I was Elon Musk, I'd be pretty pissed off because he's put in these chargers. Like, they've Bruce showed me yesterday the charging network that Tesla has developed. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I see him in the middle of the desert when I was driving, you know, yep. to Vegas and this and that. He spent a fortune making sure that his vehicles can charge and you can actually get across the country in, you know, a little quicker than covered wagon time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you got to stop apparently according to Bruce every, you know, for an hour, every few hours, Yes, you know, to, to recharge that thing rather than just pumping it full of gas, you, at, you know, for five minutes. You have essentially added 25% more time to your easily, your travel easily. Yeah. And for some, it's cool. I mean, it's kind of a cool, I'm taking my EV I mean, there was that guy, uh, he was on Star Wars. He did the round-the-world treks, mm-hmm. and his last one was South America to Alaska or something, and he did it in, you know, a uh, uh, battery motorcycle. He used motorcycles. Yep. Yeah, but it's like sometimes he's just like sitting there, yeah. sitting there. And sitting Obi-Wan Kenobi is driving. Yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, what, what's his name? <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> no, no, I said his, uh, oh, give me a second. We're getting old. No, he, um, he, was, he played Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Um, Ewan McGregor. Yes. Ewan McGregor. He, around. Loves, he loves riding motorcycles. Yeah. He's known for yeah. doing it all over the world. Yeah. and Did it in a battery-powered. Battery-powered motorcycle. Yeah. So That's cool. I, yeah, I'd be mad because here you have a private company, Tesla, mm-hmm. who developed a network, and then the government's going to come in with tax dollars and say, we're going to create our own network. And you know how bad that's going to be. Yeah, and the reality is Tesla actually has started putting in chargers for other cars now. 
So Tesla owns their chargers, and right next to them you'll see, I think it's like America's Got Power or something. I forget the name of it. Mm. Tesla owns those too. So when you go charge your your Nissan, your whatever, yeah. you're well, you know what? Tesla. Honestly, that may be a route for Tesla is the licensing of um, the usage or to end the technology yep. because is Ford going to be putting up their own no charging stations everywhere? No. GM. No. So all of a sudden we have all these competing charging stations. You know, I can go to other gas stations. I can go to a Shell or a Chevron or Mark's Corner Gas, you yep. know, for three cents less. Maybe he watered down a little. Um, <laughs> I can do that, but it's still gas. It's still all good gas that you can put in your car. Yep. And get so so I, I would hate to see this patchwork of charging stations and then the government in the middle, they're doing stuff. It reminds me of uh Pemex, however you pronounce it down in Mexico, that's the government run oil company. Yep. And they own all the gas stations. They finally opened up a little bit awful. And they're not strategically positioned in the right place. You can tell it's buddies who had political connections because that's Mexico. Yep. So do we want that? This is going to be bad. You know, really, the government has no business building charging stations. No, they don't. You know, nope. Let the free market take care of it. Yep. People buy EVs. They're going to want to pay for the power because, and it's going to be like a gas station. And it should yep. be a universal charger. The fact that there's a, I know. a Tesla charger and an everybody else charger, and the Tesla charger will not charge yeah. anything else. Yeah, I, I don't have on my gas tank a, like... It only fits star nozzled uh, gas dispensers, or right. oh, I got to find a triangle one. Right. <laughs> I mean, what lucky, is the- <laughs> lucky charms of gas dispensers? Yeah, it's like what is what is that? It's like yeah, just if you want the system to work, let the mar- that's what I hate about all this. Let the marketplace work it out. Yep. And somebody, and I, I see that is it out by Ash Fork or Seligman? There's a you know little gas station there. Mm-hmm. You know these, and they're, they're kind of dotted all over the place, out in the middle of. Uh, when you're going from Kingman to Vegas, in between the Hoover Dam and Kingman, some dude's got a gas station out there. You're like, somebody lives out here. Yep. <laughs> you know, right in the middle, there's nothing around it. But it's strategically located because that's when people are running low on gas and it was packed full of people. Yep. That's the market will figure that. The, they'll figure out where it goes. Okay, so needles to Barstow. Yes. It's, that's a big stretch. It's a big stretch. Yep. And right in the middle, everybody would run out of gas and... The, they would pull over on the side of the road. Uh, DPS would come along and tag your car and say, if you don't move it in 30 minutes, it's going to be towed. <laughs> yeah. And so right in that, that middle of that stretch, there was all there, these guys living out there in the middle of nowhere. Like, what are they doing? Well, they all own tow trucks. <laughs> and they were in cahoots with the DPS. They get the call. They come tow the car away. And um, so anyway, I, I saw some people that ran out of gas right there by that little podunk town with no gas station. Yeah. And um, I was like, all right, I'll help. We'll go knock on doors and see if anybody's got some gas. So we go to the first guy. They're not home. They go to the second guy. He's home. He's like, yeah, I'll sell you gas. And this is when gas was like 95 cents. A day in the life of Mark Howitt. <laughs> he charged them seven times the going rate for gas. Okay. And they're like, you can't be serious. And he's like, I'm dead serious. <laughs> and so eventually that same guy opened a gas station. Good for him. Halfway between Barstow and Needles. Yeah. He's like, I'm overcharging people to, you know, give them a gallon of gas. I might as well officially do I it. I might as well do it, you know, open yeah. a gas station. Well, okay, some would call that price gouging. Yep. But I look at it as, <laughs> you ran out of gas. Yep. I mean, some people would say government's got to come in, and that guy shouldn't have sold three three gallons for 21 bucks or however yeah, much it was. Yeah, it was $7 a gallon. $7, back, okay. Back when things were a dollar a gallon. Yeah, yeah, but... 
for me, I'd be like, okay, that kind of stinks, but I really need gas. Yep. I mean, because, you know, that guy like, went on to open up, so you say, the, the gas yeah. station yep. there or whatever. I did see a guy walking with a gas can somewhere out in the middle of nowhere there. And I was thinking that, um, and sometimes I pull over for people, sometimes I don't. The last time I did it, like last month, outside of Camp Verde, it's just weird. It was like some guy who claimed he was from Dubai and he was trying to sell me his gold. That happened to you too? See? So that didn't happen to me, but okay. it happened to my friend Aaron. You know him. Uh, yeah. Electrician. Was it out there in Camp Verde? It was uh, actually out by Havasu. But the dude, dude pulls up in fancy car and he's like trying to sell jewelry yeah, off his hand. He had all the, he had the, he looked like Mr. Bling. T with the bling, yep. all the gold, right? And I'm like, I started getting a little like, oh, this is a weird situation here. And, you know, just so, yeah, that I, I was like, Dubai, huh? He's like, he's like, I can't get my credit cards gone. But he was driving like a Mercedes. Same, story, same exact story. Huh, interesting. But anyway, I saw a guy with a gas can and um, he's walking with it. So since I just had that experience, I did not trust trust him i was like on somebody else's turn you yep. know mark's like behind me he'll pull over for him. and i was thinking well had that been an ev would our carry right a little portable battery, battery charger or, or <laughs> generator some guy coming down the road wheeling uh wheeling this generator so i don't know all right so, talk yeah, the, i was gonna say the best prop if you're if you're panhandling is yeah. a gas can yeah sure. you're like i need money for gas people are gonna give you money that rare guy that gives you gas you're like all right now it's full I'll go sell it for pennies on the dollar to somebody, sell the gas, and then start over again. Yeah. It's a great prop. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Well, hey, um, speaking of gold, uh, I don't know if that was real gold there, but I knew I know where you can get real gold and real silver. From uh, the guy it, in the Mercedes, right? Yeah, from the guy in the <laughs> Never buy gold on the side of the road. Call Desert Gold Exchange. Uh, Justin and his family-run company, they've been doing this for a long time. They'll, they know how to take care of you. They'll treat you like gold. Wealth of knowledge there as well. Call them up. Mention the Jeff Orwich Show. Take the time to talk with them. Ask for their free investors kit. They'll send that up when you mention the show. Uh, what I really like about Desert Gold Exchange is they keep the overhead low. I've ordered from Justin multiple times, so I know this because I'm also a client. Uh, they keep the overhead low. They pass the savings on to you. Gold is priced the same all around the world. You could be in the middle of nowhere in a war zone or in the middle of nowhere or in a war zone. I don't know if those are both the same. Usually not thing. the same. Okay, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to be priced the same. It's going to be priced the same uh, spot price. It's the commissions and fees. They may say, well, I have an extra fee or commission because I had to haul it here. They keep it low. They guarantee it. It's going to be the lowest commission you're going to find out there. Call them up. Put them to the test. 888-852-4343. That's 888-852-4343. 888-852-4343. Back in a minute. listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that this is the jeff orbit show Still hot over here, Mark. I mean, my legs feel better. 
Man, this, this chair is cooking. You got me sitting over by this uh, oil heater over here. Just turn this thing off. Yeah, I got to keep it on because I get Angela in and she's like coming down with a blanket, you know, so. Nah, you're good. Don't. Well, we only got like three minutes left, so. Uh, okay, there's, what, a debate tonight? Republican debate? Who's, Republican this? Who's debate. in it? Is so, Christy in it? Christy's still in oh, it. Oh, wow. What's he polling? 1%? I don't know. Nikki Haley. Ronda the rising star, Ron DeSantis, uh, yeah. Ramaswamy. Okay, so. that's it, four? Four. We're down to four. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll watch this. I mean, well, how long does Christie stick around as he stay to Iowa? I mean, this is this is another like I never done anything else other than politics in my life, and it's like go go become a plumber, do something, man. Yeah, and when you, you actually know? go to vote at the in the presidential preference election in Arizona, there's okay. going to be a lot more names on the ballot. It's super easy to get on the ballot for the presidential election. You in there? No, I thought about just doing it for kicks. I mean, there was a radio station that challenged people and said, you know, see how many people we can get there. And the Democrats had like 19 people last time on the ballot. <laughs> um, Imagine if you won. It was like yeah, kicks. No chance, know? but yeah. It's, okay. um, That'd be cool, though. Okay, so presidential preference election is different than the primary in Arizona. So our primary election is way down in August. Our presidential preference election, March 19th. March 19th. And you have to be in the party... To vote. Really? This isn't like the primary where I can, as an independent, I'm a newer independent, as you know, just request a ballot? Right. You cannot request a mm. presidential So ballot. I might have to switch back to Republican for a little while so I can right. you have about, vote I, in the primary. I was trying to look up the time. You basically, sometime in February, you have to switch back by then okay. in order to vote in the presidential preference election. Yeah. Okay. And so I, you know, I switched to no labels. Yeah. So neither so one of us can vote in a... In the in primary. A, yeah. You get to vote for the, you know, you and not 18 other people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll run for no labels. Yeah, you, you said that, that. You might be missing the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. You um, got to find the other no labels people to sign your petition, though. And that's they're like, bring your gas can. You might be driving around a while. I know. It's, it's tough. The, uh, okay, March 19th. So it might, it might be important enough to where you want to go register as a Republican. Yeah, probably not as a Democrat. Biden's going to be the candidate unless he croaks. The... <laughs> And we wish him the best. I we really wish him do. the I best, but anybody. we don't wish him to the, the office. Yeah, I don't want him to um, be in the office. So, but he is really. If old. you do want to vote in the in the because in Arizona, a third of the people are voted are independent. A third of the voters are independent. <laughs> yeah, and so if if those independents that are listening want to vote in the presidential primary, <sighs> go register as a Republican. Yeah, vote in it, and then re-register as, as an independent. Yeah, again. you can switch because then in the August primary, you can pull your ballot. Right. You can say I'm voting in the Republican, no label. Or uh, Democrat, Democrat or Green. Green, I think, are the yeah. options there. Okay, so March 19th for Arizona, and I thought that was a week after Super Tuesday. So might be getting even wrapped up by that point. I mean, things are going to move fast because as we get into January, you get the Iowa caucuses happening. And January New 15. Hampshire happens yep. before you know it. Um, and some of these people are really leaning on, like DeSantis, I think, is hoping for a big Iowa push and you know do do well there. So you might see this down to you know, a DeSantis Trump thing or a Haley Trump thing pretty, pretty quick. And, and, and then you'll have Chris, Chris, you'll stay around to the end because he just like, what else do I got to do? Okay. So here's the problem is Trump is going to, he's going to take a lot of these States. Yeah. Automatically. And DeSantis and Haley and all these people are going to have zero wins yeah. in any of these States. What's going to happen? And if Trump is even <clears throat> disallowed from running for president, they all might have to jail, get, they all like, might have to get real jobs, Mark. Oh my goodness. All right. Appreciate it. As always. Thanks, Jeff. Back here tomorrow. Hope to see you then. Have a great, safe night. Take care. See you soon.